Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, guys, and welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. And here's my co-host, <laughs> Kristen Young. Good morning. Hey, guys. So how are you? I'm good. Good? I'm good. I first have to shout out my okay. Metro crew. Yes, those guys are oh hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Brian and Kurt. If y'all have never been to Metro, we just like to have fun. We are a fun family. We are a fun community. Yes. So I miss you guys. And Yeah, and I'll obviously uh, to give you guys context if you're joining us for the first time uh, or if you've been joining us the, since uh, this pandemic and you've been uh, tuning in every morning, uh, not every morning, every Sunday. We're not here every morning. Uh, but um, uh, you might not know, Kristen's actually, lead, she leads our second campus. So that's why yes. she, you know, she's just not live chatting, but she's actually uh, leads the campus. And so, yeah, can't wait to get back. With you guys. Can't wait. Can't wait. To Can't, get wait. Back Can't wait. So let's uh, start off like we've been doing or we yes. just started doing with do some, uh, let's see here, some what? Some good news. Some good news. Good news. Let's you got any good do news? it. I do have good okay. news. Okay, what's your good news? So a couple weeks ago, I told you that we were having all kinds of plagues yes. at our house. So we had bee excavation, I <laughs> guess we'll that? call it this week. Is that week. a show? <laughs> no, it could have been. It could be show on Netflix. It could have been. <laughs> could be number one watch show. Yeah, yeah, so we had Sammy the Bee Guy came to our house. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sammy the Bee Guy? Sammy the Bee Guy. Okay. That's his official title. <laughs> with his shop vac, and he vacuumed out like 20,000 or so bees from our ceiling. Oh, wow. So the good news is. Yeah, okay. We no longer have 20,000 bees oh, living in our ceiling. Nice, nice, yes, nice. Yes, yes, Yeah, good news, good news, good news. How about you? What's um, going on in your, let's in your see. world? Let's uh, see. We got some good news. Um, actually, you know what? So we've been doing all kinds of uh, things, uh, creative ways to like uh, bless people and things yeah. like that. And, and um, in fact... Um, the, in a couple hours, we're actually going to do a blood mobile in our neighborhood. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so we've got, um, uh, you know, we've been try trying to do whatever we can do. You yeah. know, for Easter, I don't know if you know this, right? So on Easter, I dressed up like a bunny. Yes. Right? Easter bunny. <laughs> Easter bunny. And my son did too. And we drove around. Uh, waving at kids and then taking mm -hmm. pictures with kids. And, so and I did not know that you're not supposed to talk as the Easter Bunny. Right. See, I was just in character. I was like, hey, you know, like Santa Claus. You didn't grow up with that. You I know, didn't grow up with that. that. <laughs> and so Ashley was like, stop talking. You're scaring the kids. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm being so nice. She's like, the bunny does not talk. Yes, it's true. The bunny does not talk. It's true. So, so good stuff is that we're doing that and we're doing a bloodmobile in a couple hours. And in fact, our 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 neighborhoods really responded and we'll have pictures from you for you next week uh but man like they've had two hour spots and all the spots are taken oh so, so great great, great stuff great that's stuff. awesome and in fact i think we have some other things too like so you had icu 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're just doing what we can to connect people. We had Instagram live. We had ICU talks um, and Mosaic partnered together and did like an attachment um, class almost yeah. on a Facebook live. So you can, you can still go watch that if you want to. It, it's been getting so many hits. I think last I checked, it was like over a thousand hits. Yeah. Um, because people are just finding it really helpful to figure out how to go through crisis and self-awareness. And it's, it was really, really great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, the good news there here is just like, I love the fact that uh, people's generosity in everything, time, effort, yes. resources, it's all coming out. And people yeah. are like really sharing their, their talent, really sharing their lives. And so yeah. that's a great encouragement. But those of you who have been thinking, oh man, I don't have anything to contribute. Yes, yes, you do. Find creative ways to do that. Um, so let's see, what else? We got some videos, don't we? Yeah, we actually have a couple things. Yeah, let's watch this. We're able to be here today and help out with Bags of Hope. Today would have been our spring serve day. Did you guys know that? So unfortunately, we're not able to be out all over the community helping, but we are able to be here in the warehouse today, um, making ourselves useful for the community. Yeah, no, we feel like we've been blessed so much um, by the Lord, everything that he's given to us with our family, our health, and our, our finances that we wanted to be a blessing to others who may not be in the same state. And that's so awesome, isn't it? So great. So good. We're doing so many things, you know, just to get the community connected. The happy yeah. birthday signs. Oh, yeah. I'm loving oh those. In fact, there's some others more going out this week. Today, we can't tell you. Even. You might have found out, actually. Yes. Right? If it's your birthday and you're a volunteer yeah. at Mosaic, yes. hey, be yes. on the lookout. And, and thank you for those people who are, have been doing this, like volunteering to actually go and drive and put signs out in people's yards. Yes. So, man, thank you so much for that. So great. Yeah. Great. And then did you see the T-shirts in Italy? I mean, yeah. come Yes, right? the mosaic logo. Yes, I mean, so not about awesome. our logo, but the fact that we're, like, I don't know if, I mean, listen, if you want to know where your money's going, this is where your money's going. Like, so it's going for us to fund them so they can do groceries and, uh, and resources to people in Italy. So yes. for those of you who give, just so you know, thank you, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're part of it, for sure. For sure, so for great. sure. All we right. Actually, I have one more thing yes, to share okay. that's good news. We have... A new opportunity for community okay. today, right after this. What is that? So we're going to have a virtual 10-minute party. Nice. So when you would come to Mosaic before either campus, you would have a 10-minute party right after service. Well, I was like, I miss seeing my people hanging out in the foyer and talking. So right after service, 
We're gonna have virtual ten minute party. Nice. So yeah. okay, so you're gonna let them know in the chat room. To yep, how to, we'll put the how link to... in there. All the details. Awesome, guys. So if you're Join connected, us. if you're connected, awesome. If you're if you're brand new, welcome and get connected. Jump on chat. Jump in. Say hi to Kristen, and we'll get you connected to all the things that we are doing here. All yeah. right, friends. So we're gonna continue on and actually end our series uh, today. We've been doing a series on the Book of Lamentations, and now the idea to lament. The word lament actually means. Uh, to passionately express sorrow and grief. And so we just believe that we need to take some time to actually stop and lament and have a conversation about what does it look like for us to process the pain that we're going through. Because I don't know if you know this, but uh, you're going through a particular kind of pain and grief, and, and there's so, it's just, it's just complicated. And other people are going through it too. It's, just, it's unique and separate. I mean, we're in this together, but we're separated. But the truth of the matter is that we all need to process this. And so the series has really been about how do we um, process our pain and how do we uh, discover God's plan for us. So that's been the, our series. We've been at two weeks. This is the third week and we're going to end it. If you missed it and you, I could, I'll try to fill you in on what's going on, but make sure you go back, go on YouTube, check out the messages. Um, by the way, check out all, uh, get connected. I mean, like, get on our app, get on our social media, so you can have the content and have the context in which we've been talking about. Next week, we're going to be Mother's Day. It's going to be Mother's yes. Day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. Um, but to, so today, we're going to do um, week three, chapters four and five of the Book of Lamentations. And if you don't know what the, where the Book of Lamentation is, go to your, on your phone, Google it, or grab a Bible, and let's pray together. Let's get started. Lord God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, God, that you are in us and you are with us and you are for us. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to our souls right now. That, God, there are people who have tuned in and for some of them, they're the very first time. For others of them, God, they're consistently doing this. Even though there might be like uh, times where they find themselves like not even really sure what they believe and what's going on, God, I know that you are with them. So, Father, I pray, would you speak to us? Would you reveal to us, God, who you are and what you're about? God, I know that in the midst of all the content that I have, I know that there is something you want to communicate to all of us individually and uniquely. So, God, I just pray. Uh, I pray for your spirit to speak in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So, friends, we're in week three, like I said. So, first week we talked about how God is in the waiting. The second week I talked about how God wants to tell you something about himself. And so you need to press in to find out what that is. And this week it's really the question of having enough doubt. Having enough doubt to believe. Now, you might think, what, what, the, what in the world is that? Yeah, having enough doubt to believe. That's the title if you want a title. Let me give you the context. So the Book of Lamentations is actually a song, a song that was sung every year. And the Book of Lamentations is written by Jeremiah, who wrote Jeremiah. He's a prophet. And he wrote this book in context of a particular event that took place in the Jewish history. Here's what happened, if you don't know. The Jewish people were... Um, came out of Egypt, and now I'm fast-forwarding hundreds of years, but the kingdom, the, their kingdom was never really in order. What I mean by that is they never really got it together in a sense, and so the kingdom was broken up in two major sections. And so you had different empires coming in and taking over, looting them. And so when Jeremiah writes this, it's a particular time in history where the Jewish people have, the, there's a southern kingdom and their northern kingdom, they're, they are divided. And this particular time, a Babylonian king 
has come in into Jerusalem and he has taken control over it, occupied it, taken all the resources, all the people he wanted and exiled them out of Jerusalem into Babylon, which is modern day Iraq. So he's taken people out, broken up families. He's done that. He also set up a king to take over, you know, what was remaining of Jerusalem, King Zedekiah. And this guy was a 21-year-old, in a sense, punk, who, who, was, who was not really mature in his leadership, but he was taking care of those people or was supposed to take care of them. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, he laments about this, this, this um, exile that, the, that his people are going through, but also something that took, took place right there in Jerusalem under the reign of Zedekiah. Now, I want you to understand, like, so lamenting is what? It's, a, it's about passionately expressing grief and sorrow. And, and, and the book of Lamentations is not a complaint against God's character. And so you might read it and you might go, oh my gosh, he's saying these extreme things. It's not. It's not a, a complaint. What we learn is it's actually an appeal to God's character. It's an appeal to God's character. So when you read this, just understand this. So he's been talking about like what his people are going through and what he's going through. He's saying, God, what are you doing? You've had, uh, you, 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 we were anointed. We were people that you loved. And now you've allowed us to have this, uh, to experience this exile. We've been, we've been sent off and into a different season, a different place. And some of you might feel that way. But now there's actually something else going on. And that is the siege that took place. A quarantine, in one sense, took place. Here's what happened. The young punk, you know, king, ruler, Zedekiah, decided that he was going to come against the rule of and buck the system, in a sense, not pay taxes to King Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar, he had already taken over Jerusalem. He just set him up. He tells him, hey, guess what? I've, I'm, I'm the king of the Jewish people in Jerusalem. I don't want, I can take you. Which I, I'm not quite sure exactly why he did this. Nebuchadnezzar, to teach him a lesson, he comes, takes, he has so many people under his authority, such a vast army that he surrounds the city and then he doesn't even invade it. He just sits there. He sits there. To starve the people and to show the people how terrible his leadership is in the leadership of King Zedekiah. Now, if you read the story, it's super fascinating. But here's the, here's the, 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 the horror of it. you got these people who are now not just experiencing exile. They're under siege. They're quarantined and nothing is going in. Nothing is going out. And people are not just losing their minds. They're losing everything. There's a shortage of food, water, everything. And it's done just because of poor leadership. And it's in the middle of that, Jeremiah goes, what in the world is going on here? And so he brings up like three major points. So I'm going to talk, talk to you about them. Number one, he brings up this idea of, is this it or is there more? Is, it, is this it or is there more? Lamentations chapter 4. This is where he really gets into this part of the siege. Not just the exile, but the siege. So he starts off, he says, our princesses were, were, were lean and tanned. Which is interesting. He says, then he says this, the, the finest, what, specimen of men, which is it's like, oh, what? Okay, okay. But verse 8, he says, But now their faces are as black as suit. No, uh, no one can recognize them. Their skins stick to their bones. It is dry and hard and withered. Those killed by the sword are what? Far better than those who die of slow starvation. Verse 10, this is, this is kind of shocking. He says, Tender-hearted women 
have cooked and eaten their own children. Now, I get this quarantine can drive you crazy and you want to, you know, you want to do something with your kids. But this is, this is shocking. And then he says, thus they have survived the siege. But now, at last, the anger of the Lord is satisfied. It's kind of like, like a question. His, his fiercest, fiercest anger has poured out. He started a fire in Jerusalem that has burnt it down to the foundations. Not a king in all the earth. No one in all the world would have believed an army would have entered the Jerusalem's gates. He is in shock. He's shocked of what's happening, what continues to happen. And he's asking the question, is there more to come? And I think we are in shock, my friends. If you don't know this, your system is in shock. Your, your, everything is in shock. Your mind, your soul, your body, you're in shock. Because something took place that has not just affected you, it's affecting all of us. And you know and I know, even now the conversation is, is this it or is there more to come? Is, is, is coronavirus going to be in here in the fall? How long is it going to get worse? It can't get worse. It can't get worse. Is it going to get worse? What's going to happen as people open up, as uh, governors say, okay, it's all good, and the states open up? Are we going to have more cases like we've seen? Are we, what's going to happen? What's happening? And I know there's so much conversation about that. Friends, all that to say, you're in shock. And what's interesting about a shockwave in, in physics, I don't know if you know, a little nerdy information for you. A shock wave is very different from a regular wave because a regular wave, as it goes through an, uh, it, it, like sound, if it goes through air, all the barriers, it kind of is predictable a little bit. But a shock wave it, is it very in, unpredictable. In fact, it, it changes the, 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 the speed of it. It changes, but also the density, the, the pressure, the temperature, the flow, velocity, all of that instantly change. That's why it's called a shock wave, meaning that when something of a shock wave, when, when, when something is considered a shock wave, it's that it is so intense that the surrounding systems, the surrounding you know, climate systems, the surrounding things cannot sustain how fast it's moving and it can't predict. How, what, what's happening or where it's going. It's kind of like a shock. It's, it's, they call it a shock wave. Now, your body does the same thing, not just in physics, but in your physique. A shock is when your system is shocked at such a point, such a point that your blood flow is insufficient. That means you, your systems, your body knows to how to flow and how to provide blood flow. But when you have a shock to your system, it, it can't keep up. It can't keep up. Now, why do I say all this? I say this because for some of you who are trying to handle the situation, just so you know, this is a shock to your system. That's why Jeremiah uses extreme language. This is a song, friends. This is not just, uh, you know, a paragraph I read. He's, he's, he's singing this out. He's saying he's saying some shocking things. He's like tenderhearted women are eating their kids. Do you see the extreme language he's doing? He's like... We're going out of our minds here. What's going on here? This is a shock. I can't believe this is happening. No one have thought. No one thought this. Just so you know, friends, if you find yourself going, I cannot control myself. I cannot. I don't know what's going on with me because I'm up and down. Know this. You weren't designed to handle the speed or the complexity of this pandemic. So there's, there's got to be some encouragement to that. It's got to be that. I mean, it's showing up in different ways. Even though you go, oh, no, 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 I can handle that. I can handle it. It'll go away. I can, I can, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. Just so you know, we're not going to get through this all like rock stars. It's just going to take, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute. And it's going to take a process. It's going to take some pain. But we can do this together. 
But we can't ignore the fact that we're in shock. My son and I, uh, we've been uh, running together, right? So Asher and I started running, and we started running about two, three weeks ago. And I, I love it. We, we run every, you know, every other day. And, uh, or we did run every other day, I should say, because we were doing great. And then um, I noticed that my, my calves were, like, really cramping. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I muscled through it. And it was really affecting. I knew it was affecting my feet as well. And then I got this plenty of fasciitis, which I hate. Oh my gosh, if you have one, mention that in the chat. It sucks. It's terrible. I said sucks. I'm so sorry. I said it two times. Yes, I did it. Okay, so it, it, it sucks. That's the third time I did it. Okay, but it's terrible. It is so, so terrible. Okay, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine until one day I'm like hanging out, not even doing anything. I'm like sitting watching TV. I got my legs propped up. All of a sudden, I get the Charlie horses of the Charlie horses. Have you ever had one? Okay, this thing starts on my big toe and starts distorting or distorting or whatever that word is my foot and it goes up and I'm looking at this thing and it's moving through my calf and I'm telling you the pain <laughs> oh my goodness now when I my first starting horse back back in the day I tried to muscle through it bad idea bad idea this one I was like breathe Naeem breathe Breathe, just breathe. It was so intense. And the only thing I could do is stay still and just breathe. Friends, there's a lesson in that. The truth is that for some of us, the most courageous thing you can do, the most healthiest thing you can do right now, knowing that, you're, that you're going, like your body is reacting to trauma and shock, is to pause and breathe. Pause and breathe. Pause and breathe. And for some of you, it's the scariest thing. Because once you pause and breathe, breathe, you're going to realize what you're really in. And for some of you, you do not want to admit that you're in this. And there's a lot of grief that comes with that. There's a lot of questions that come with that. And you haven't even cried. For some of you, you haven't even let go. Because you're trying to hold it on. You're getting, you're getting more mad than you are getting sad. Listen, I don't, want to, I don't want to judge you. I don't want to say, hey, you should feel this way or that. I just want you to pause and breathe and allow this process. Allow this process. Second thing he, that Jeremiah kind of brings up is, man, can we go back? Can we go back? Can we go back? The first thing was, is this it? Is there more? But the second I think he struggles with is, are we going to be able to go back to normal? So, Kristen, let me talk to you about this, okay? Yeah. This whole idea of going back and the new normal. Have you yes, heard that before? I have heard this yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. What, what, what? I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> no. What does that mean? I think there are people that are saying, hey, there's a new normal. Maybe they're, to me, because that's yeah. not my camp, maybe they were looking for something different. Like there were things about, you know, pre-COVID that they wanted to change and didn't know how. Right. So I think for some people, the new normal is almost like a solution. Like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about that now because everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. I was like, I was, I was good. Like I was in a good place and I liked life and I could control things. And so for me, I don't know if I'm in denial or if it's fear or a combination of both, but this idea of like there's a new normal and all of our normal is no longer... Right. I don't, I don't it's, like it's, it. It's unsettling for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this idea of new normal? I've heard people and, and pastors and people talk about this new normal yeah. uh, and speak into that. And I thought, dude, I don't even know what new normal is. I know what the now normal is. Right. I don't know what the new one is. Right. 
because the new one keeps changing. Oh, like, yeah. so I think trying to figure out the new normal is like a premature conversation. It's like, I, do, I don't even know. Like, I know what, what is, uh, and what, if, what is now is not even normal. It's abnormally now. Right. But that's about it. But yeah, I lo- I, I, it is fascinating because people want to go back. Mm-hmm. Or the idea is, can we go back? Can we recover? Right? This idea of going back is fascinating for me because it's, it's, it's when you stop and think about it, what you're saying is like you, for comfort and peace, for purpose, mm-hmm. for uh, prosperity, for all the things that we hope for, we want to go back. Because it's easier. Yeah. That's what we're, we're used to. That's right. comfortable. Even our behaviors right now, you know, people are turning back to overeating or being lazy or whatever it is, addictions of all kinds. Right, right. You're going back. So like, yeah. I'm going to go back to... Yeah what I think is going to mm-hmm. save me. Yeah, which is, which is, again, fascinating because we're, we're go, you want to go back for help. Right. Go back for help instead of go forward. Right. Right? And so I think sometimes the big question is like, well, number one, why do we do this? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it just us? Do, do we all do this? What's fascinating is, is that it's not just us. In fact, that's why, that's why Jeremiah talks about it mm-hmm. because the people in that time were like, can we just go back? Can we just go back? Can we, can we go back to whatever? Yeah. Because we don't, I don't like this new thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like this new thing. In fact, in Lamentations 4.17, here's what he says. He says, furthermore, our eyes failed, looking in vain for help. He was like, man, we're so, we, our eyes failed looking. Like he's like, they're waiting, waiting, waiting for help. What, 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 what are you talking about? He says, I'm looking for help. From whom? He says, from our towers, we watched for a nation that could not save us. Like, he's like, could you feel the, like, the, the anxiety there, the, the despair? Like, we were on our watchtower looking for this nation uh-huh. to save us. Now, what's interesting about that is, is like, so when they were in the siege, yeah. and uh, Babylonians came in and surrounded them, well, King Zedekiah had a plan. Mm-hmm. And his plan was that he was a political buddy-buddy with people from Egypt, Egypt. Some history there. Some history there. (laughs) They were trying to go back. And so the plan was, he said, hey, if Nebuchadnezzar comes, okay, you know, uh, you're going to come and help us. And they didn't show up. Mm -hmm. They pretended to. See, sometimes I think our past pretends to help us into the future, but it doesn't. It pretends, it it tells us, no, 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 if you just come back, if you just get back to this, it'll be good. Mm -hmm. The truth is, it's not. Right. If you want to, if you want, if you want, uh, if you want hope, if you want all the things, peace, prosperity, um, the future, the future is in the future. <laughs> you yeah. know, it sounds crazy, yeah. but it's in the future. And yeah. I think for us, it's like, do you want to go back to normal or fo- go forward to new? Yeah. You know, go back to normal or go forward to new. And I get it. I get it. It is kind of uh, unnerving. Like, what, what is the new? Right. What is the new? What is the new? And I think that's why uh, Habakkuk actually helps us out a little bit. Okay. okay. So Habakkuk actually is another prophet and talks about what's going on. He, in, I quoted him early on talking about how he says, you know what, God, you're, I'm talking to you, but you're not listening. So he's kind of like the same vein of um, uh, Jeremiah. He's yeah. lamenting as well. And so he says this in, verse, in chapter 2, verse 1, he says this. He says, um, he's already complained. And so in chapter 2, he says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And he says, I will climb up. I will climb up to my watchtower. Again, notice the tower, tower mm-hmm. in both the passages. Watchtower. And I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. 
Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Folks, remember that. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems a slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So a lot of a lot of things there, right? What are you thinking? There. I feel like you're thinking. Yeah, God. well, I when I hear Watchtower with Habakkuk especially, I just think escape. Okay. Like there's so much going on. And so he's like, let me just go up here to my watchtower where I can hear God and just kind of yeah. you know, not look backwards. And I'm like, man, somebody build me a watchtower right now. You have a watchtower, right? It's your, it's your closet. I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. People on social media find me hiding in my closet. Um because that is my escape. Yeah. Because as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, I just feel like constantly either people need me or they need me to be something. They yeah. need something from me or they need me to be something. And this idea of escape or a watchtower is really the only time or the only place in my closet where I don't have to provide a need or be something for somebody. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating because it's not just the things that are happening to us mm -hmm. uh, during this time and the things that we have to kind of work around. But it's also people's expectations are still there. Right. Yeah, so we still have to do the things we got to do. Like right. life is still going on even though life is surreal and strange and traumatic right now or um, just just awkward. It's still life. Yeah. Like not, you know, like so vir other viruses didn't take a break. They go, okay, you know what? Coronavirus, you got this one. We're, we're going to come back later. Right. No, no, no. The flu is still happening. Right. This, everything is, people are still getting hurt. Crime is still happening. Yep. Like all these things are happening. Responsibilities are still there. You still got to get up and go, go to work, even though you can stay in your, in your, <laughs> you know, in your pajamas and get on Zoom. You still got to show up. Yeah. You still got to show up. You still got to do these things. But it's interesting because it's, he says, I'm going to go to my watchtower, but he says, I'm going to do something else. So uh, one guy says, we went to our watchtower to what? Watch for a rescue, mm -hmm. to watch for salvation, to watch for help yeah. from our past that our past doesn't really help us. Right. The past never helps us in the future. It just helps us in the present to not do the same mistakes. You know right. what I'm saying? But so he says, I, 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 we looked, I, I went to the watchtower and I went and to look and I didn't find, I, we, we found nothing. Our eyes were like waiting and waiting around for nothing. And I think for some of us, we're doing that. We're in this watchtower, closet, whatever, even with our time with God. And here's what we're doing. We're actually watching, watching to uh -huh. get saved. We're watching and watching and watching, trying to figure out who's going to save us. How's, how's it going to come? Is it going to be over? How are you going to save? How are you going to deliver? How are you going to rescue? And here, Habakkuk says, no, I'm going to go to my watchtower, number one, and then I'm actually going to start stand at my guard post, which means that I've got a responsibility. It's not like God needs me to do this. He wants me to do this. So during this time, he wants me to do, he has a job for me too. He wants me to not just have time with him. I have to spend time with him. Here's why. And then he says, and I will wait to see, which yes. is, the, which counteracts the, 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 the whole watch to get saved or watch to, to be saved versus I'm going to wait to see. And basically he's saying is I'm waiting to hear God. And then he says, and this is what the Lord told me. And then he says here, you know, the Lord told me, he gave me a message. He told me to write it down. Why? Because it's for other people. It's a tension of escape, being on your own, yes. hearing from God, but then also listening and being able to then take that for other people. Right. Like I have to get away from the people in my house. Right. 
so that I can get what I need from God to then give it to them. You yeah. know, it's a tension yeah. of yes. both. Yeah. And if you find ourselves in our closets, in our spaces and all that, just waiting, waiting to get saved. Yeah. Um, that's not it. Right. You have to wait to see, to hear, to know, because it's not just for you. Because if you're waiting to get saved, it's about you. Yeah. Yep. If you're waiting to hear and see, it's, it's, it's bigger than you. Yeah. It's bigger than you. So, so what's, the next, what's the last point? The last point is this. Uh, and I wish, I wish I could do, it, uh, do a better job because I wish uh, this could be prettier, but it's not as pretty as I want it to be. The last point is, is Jeremiah says, am I going crazy? That's what he says. Am I going crazy? Have I totally lost it? Because it seems like, friends, when I read you this last few uh, lyrics of this song, uh, the words on this chapter, it seems like, Jeremiah has just flipped the script all over again because he's like back and forth. I mean, you think he's got like, he's just, um, I don't know, he's like a split personality or something. Here's where he says, last few verses, I'll start with verse 19. It says, oh Lord, forever you remain the same. Forever you remain the same. Your throne continues from generation to generation. So it seems hopeful, right? Yes, God, you're the same yesterday, today, forever. Yes, yes, yes. Next verse. Why do you forget us forever? Like he's like, and, and on that note, why have you forgotten us forever? And then he says, and why do you forsake us for so long? Then he says, turn, turn us around. Like turn us around and bring us back to you again. He's just like, just turn us around. And then he says, that is our what? Only hope. He's hopeful again. Give us back the joys that we used to have. And then the last verse of this entire chapter, this is how he ends it. And then he says, or, or, he says, give us back this, the joy, or have you utterly rejected us? Are you angry with us still? And the end. <laughs> like there is no, uh, but God is still good, friends. God is good all the time. No, it ends just like that. Now, I've got this Bible here, and I, I actually put a, um, a couple of bows on it right here, like here, like this. And I just kind of feel like sometimes the, the gospel uh, is presented to us, you know, uh, just like a, as a gift. It's obviously a gift, but, but it's, it's, it's nice and pretty, and the gospel is presented in such a way that it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's just, it just totally makes sense. It's perfect. It's great. It's wonderful. All the... Uh, there's no, there, it's, it's sort of black and white. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's, it's pretty. And the truth is the gospel is not that. It's not. Like if you, if you were going to tie a bow around it, you really couldn't tie a bow around the gospel because it's always moving. It just doesn't make any sense sometimes. I mean, people have talked about how it's, you know, our faith is reasonable. It's a reasonable faith. And I'm thinking it's not reasonable at all. At all. A reasonable gospel is a myth. It doesn't make any sense sometimes. It's bigger than that, my friends. It's bigger than that. Even now I'm talking to a guy in the Middle East. And, and as I'm talking to him, because he's talking about like coming to Jesus. And I'm, I'm, be, I'm having conversations about what about this and what about that? What about this? What about that? And at the end of it, I'm like, you know what? What you have to do is actually just ask Jesus to show himself. Like show up. And I know people from the Middle East who Jesus has shown up in their room or in, their, in a vision. And I'm like, just do that, man. Just do that. And he's going, are you serious? It doesn't even make sense to him. And I'm thinking, no, this is the thing, the, that's the only thing that makes sense. Because if God said that he is coming and he's pursuing us, then why wouldn't he reveal himself to us? 
You see, friends, I think that sometimes when we talk and we present the, uh, when we talk about the gospel and we present it in such a way, we basically try to say, listen, here's why you can have faith. Here's why you can have faith. You can have faith because, uh, because there, there's no doubt about the fact that God did this, this, and this, or the Bible says this, this, and that. And the truth is, is that we try to eliminate doubt to have trust. But it's, it's not the, that's not the answer at all. It's not. In fact, uh, doubt should accompany trust. And that's why you know you actually trust someone when you have doubt accompanying trust. And this is a fascinating book I'm reading right now. It's called uh, Talking to Strangers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Fascinating book. We'll put it on the chat for you if you want a link to it. But uh, it's fascinating. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, um, it's not PG-13, okay? It's not necessarily a Christian book or anything like that. But fascinating book. He's talking about why we trust people, why we don't trust people, and how we trust strangers and why we don't. And, and he was talking about doubt. I thought, wow, this is so fascinating because it's so, it's connected to my relationship with God. You see, the truth is the doubts, uh, uh, the, the, the doubts are, these, are these barriers that continue to block my path in the journey that God has for me. Doubts are these roadblocks. He's just like, okay, the road's closed. The road's closed. Okay, but the question is, are we going to continue and find a path to where God wants us? You see, pain and, and, and troubles and persecution and, and pandemics and just like grief and despair and disappointment and discouragement, all of those things are things on this path. But doubt has the ability to just block the road sometimes. And for, that's why for some of you, you stopped believing in who you are and what you were called to. You know this. You stopped believing that you were forgiven, that you were healed. That you were delivered, that you were called, that you're anointed, you, you, that you're, 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 you're blessed. You, you, you stopped. Why? Because doubt kind of closed the door for you. So let me ask you this kind of crazy question, okay? Do you have enough doubt? Do you have enough doubt not to trust Jesus with your life? Huh? No, I'm not asking you, do you have faith to trust Jesus in your life? No. I'm not asking you to have faith. I'm saying, do you have enough doubt not to trust Jesus? Because I don't think you do. I don't think you do. And that's why you can trust and entrust your life to him. Because you don't have enough doubt. You just don't. And a trusting relationship comes with a good do dose of doubt. All loving relationships do. All real relationships do. Habakkuk. Um, this guy that we mentioned earlier on, he writes in chapter 3 of his uh, book. And he goes, he says this. I, I love it. He says, even though the fig trees are all destroyed... And there's neither blossom left nor fruit. Though the olive crops all fail and the fields lie barren, even if the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Basically, he's talking about his context, his life, his world. He's saying, even though the stores are closed, even though I'm going to lose my business, even though everybody's driving me crazy, even though I don't, all my financial goals are not going to be met, even though, even though the, the, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, even though I'm, 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 I'm tormented here, even though, even though, even though, even though, even though, he says this, yet... Yet, verse 18 says, yet I will what? Rejoice in the Lord. I will be happy in the God of my salvation. The, the Lord God is my strength. Notice that word, my strength. He will give me the speed. Another word, speed of a deer. And he'll bring me safety. Another S word, over the mountains. He's basically saying, I don't have enough doubt not to trust God. And when I trust him and I entrust my life to him, 
I get a speed that only comes from trusting. I get a, uh, I get a strength that only comes from trusting. I get a safety and security that only comes from trusting. And so far, in some of you, you're allowing doubt to rob you of your strength, to rob you of your speed, to rob you of your security. And you cannot allow doubt to do that. It's not, you don't have enough doubt. It's not big enough. It's not big enough than God. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to pray. I want to ask you uh, once again to consider the fact that maybe, just maybe, um, you need to entrust your life to him. What does that look like for you? Let me pray for you. Lord God, I thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. God, as we end this conversation about lamenting, I pray that in Jesus' name that we have been really honest with you, God. That we've allowed ourselves to be really true to everything that we're feeling, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God, I pray that as people have joined us in this conversation, that this process has allowed us to, pra- to just to, to, to pause and, and, and to, to breathe a little bit. It has allowed us to know not to go back to get help from our past, but look, but go forward to step into our future. It has allowed us to not allow doubt because we don't have enough doubt not to trust you. God, I pray that we've allowed our pain to just be processed in us and through us and with you so we can move forward, God. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you'd set some people free, that this conversation would be kind of like the, the closing the book to this part of processing what you have for us. God, in Jesus' name, I pray, I pray, Father, that you would do a work that only you can do by the power of your spirit. As people are trusting their lives to you, entrusting their hearts to you, God. As people are making commitments even now, God, this is a conversation that our souls needed so badly. So God, would you use us? Would you speak to us? Would you do a work? Father, I pray that as we respond, as we hear the song, as we sing the song, this next song, God, you would allow us to to tangibly feel your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.